welcome to the True Tabernacle podcast channel. We hope that you find encouragement and inspiration during one of our sermons, discussions, or interviews. For more information regarding our faith community, connect with us on Facebook at our True Tabernacle page. And while you're at it, hit subscribe to this channel to stay connected. concerned this cold weather can go away amen Amen. my tendons are hurting my joints are hurting my nose is running praise God we are in the holiday season and uh, everybody's go 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 amen but we got to remain uh, faithful to the things of God during this time. Song of Solomon, chapter 1, verse 6, and chapter 2, verse 15. We've been here for a little while, and just follow me, and I'll let you sit down after this, and we'll read some other scripture before we finish, maybe. (laughs) I was just kind of looking at it here a while ago, and I'm thinking, I don't know that I'll totally get done tonight, so, amen, but. We want God to speak to our hearts. Amen. Amen. Song of Solomon chapter 1 verse 6. Look not upon me because I am black, because the sun hath looked upon me. My mother's children were angry with me. They made me the keeper of the vineyards, but mine own vineyard have I not kept. They made me the keeper of the vineyards, but mine own vineyard have I not kept. Chapter 2, verse 15, take us the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vines, for our vines have tender grapes, tender grapes. Proverbs, the 24th chapter, amen, while you're turning there, we're going to pray and just ask God to bless us and then we'll be seated for the next couple scripture readings. Lord God, we thank you once again for the opportunity to be in your house of worship, amen, you are the reason that we are here. Amen, because without you, we would have no purpose of being here, and we would not have the hope that we have today. So God, bless us through your word tonight. Amen, let your word find that resting place in our, in our soul. Let our ears hear and our hearts be open to receive what you would speak unto us, and everybody say in Jesus' name. Amen, God bless you, you may be seated. Proverbs, the 24th chapter, verses 30 to 34, says, I went by the field of the slothful, And by the vineyard of the man void of understanding. And lo, it was all grown over with thorns. And nettles had covered the face thereof. And the stone wall thereof was broken down. Then I saw and considered it well. I looked upon it and received instruction. Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall thy poverty come as one that travaileth, and thy want as an armed man. And we go down now to Mark, if you will, Mark the fourth chapter, verses 1 through 9. And he began again to teach by the seaside, and there was gathered unto him a great multitude, so that he entered into a ship and sat in the sea, and the whole multitude 
was by the sea on the land, and he taught them many things by parables and said to them in his doctrine, Hearken, behold, there went out a sower to sow, and it came to pass as he sowed, some, some fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up. Some fell on stony ground where it had not much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. Some fell in thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. And other fell on good ground and did yield fruit that sprang up and increased and brought forth some thirty, some sixty, and some hundred. And he said unto them, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Now we've, the last few weeks we've been talking about the importance of taking care of your vineyard. He said, I, they didn't like me, so I became the husbandman or the taker of the vineyards. But then he made a, a, a sad declaration when he said, but of my own vineyard have I not kept. You know, sometimes we can be busy doing a lot of things and we're doing, but we're not taking care of some things. And I think your vineyard is the most important thing that you can take care of in your relationship with Jesus Christ. You've got to take care of that vineyard. Because if your vineyard is not taken care of, then what good are we to other people? What good are we to help them in their vineyard? Amen. So tonight, I'm going to start with controlling the weeds. Controlling the weeds. Now, I don't know about you, but uh, if you're around my, my house, one thing that my wife does not like is when she's out there and weeds are growing in the flowers or weeds are growing along the sidewalk or weeds are growing in the mulch or weeds are growing around the manicured trees. Uh, that drives her batty, if I could say. And so before long, she's going to get some kind of a bag and she's going to be out there and she's going to be pulling on weeds and trying to clean that up. Why? Because when you look at property or you look at things that are not taken care of and the weeds are growing up, the value of that property begins to decline. Now, it may not necessarily decline as far as, uh, as the building or whatever, the house, but in your mind, because of all the weeds and everything, you begin to look at that and say, well, that's, that's, that's a place that has not been kept. Amen. So controlling the weeds is very important. Why? Side, uh, you, you, that, that sidewalk appeal, that, that uh, driving up and noticing what the house looks like. You look at the house, but usually you're going to look at the yard and look at the things around the yard to see, has this place been kept up? So you've got to control the weeds. Now, the keeper of the vineyard also had to keep a watchful eye for the weeds, the thistles, <clears throat> the nettles, the briars, the scrub trees, uh, because they would exploit the soil. So these kinds of things take the plant food, the water, and they consume those kind of things at the expense of the vineyard or the vines, that which is the most important thing. And all of these things have to be entirely removed from 
the vineyard. You can't let them get by. You can't let the root system get deep. Amen. You got to get them quick. You got to get them when they're young. You got to get them when they're nimble. You got to get them when you can easily pluck them out of the soil. Because once they set root, your labor has now become intensive. And so, cultivation is one thing that is the most effective way to accomplish this. Why? Because it stirs the soil. The hoe that you have. My mom loved her hoe. My dad kept it sharp. You hear me talk about it from time to time. It's that hoe that's sharp that will shave off the roots just below the surface of the ground. It'll turn that soil. The cultivation also works as a deterrent against all the various forms of the different funguses and bacterias that will end up affecting the growth of the vine and many times cause it to become deformed. And so in the parable of the soil, we're told that, the, that some of the seed fell on the ground among thorns. Everybody say thorns. We're told that the thorns are the cares of this world, the cares of life. That can get a hold of us and choke out our spirituality. Now, a lot of people in the world today and even in the church world, they don't really, they don't really pay attention to some of these things. They just kind of get caught up in the world, not realizing that their prayer time and the meditating of the Word of God, reading the Word of God, going to church, going to prayer meeting, whatever, is, is, is like you're, you're getting down there and you're letting the Lord just kind of cultivate your soil. God, take this out of my life. In fact, it is those worries about secular things that, that, that cause us to slip up on the sacred things. We got, we're so caught up in the things of the world that the sacred things don't have the lure or the pull that they once had. Some of the cares of life are necessary things that, 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 that we have to have to uh, relate to our survival. I mean, you have to have food, right? Some of us, I think, have more than others. We like food, right? How many likes food? I love food, right? Food, food's necessary. You have to have it. Amen. You have to have food. Now, you can go without food for a while. Amen. But you, 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 your body needs the sustenance. It needs that, that, that which helps you grow. Amen. You got to have it. You got to have clothing, right? I mean, how many would like to be like the children of Israel in the wilderness when, when their clothes didn't wear out, the shoes didn't wear out, right? You could just, you could just, they'd just hang around forever. We would like that, but in reality, we have to have clothing. Amen. Work, well, you, food and clothing is, you're not going to have it if you're not working. Because it's that job that pays for the various things that you and your family need in life, right? Everybody say they matter. They matter. And so we have, a cert, we have certain responsibilities that I believe are given to us. Uh, and and I, I believe at, 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 uh, uh, you know, at their core, they could be considered, I think, gifts from God. The food, the clothing, work, they're gifts uh, from God. Amen. He's given us. Everybody say, he's given it to us. 
what, to help us function in this life. Without it, we can't function. Without it, we can't survive. However, I do believe that the great deception from the enemy of our soul is for us to turn those things that God has given us into idols. Idols. They become idols to us. How do they become idols, Pastor, to us? These are things that we have to have. It's this. When they are all-consuming to the extent, to the point that God is eventually squeezed out of the picture because we are so in pursuit of the material things of God or of the world. And God gets kind of pushed out of the picture. So what happens when that? Well, this is what happens. This is when the weeds will begin to rage out of control. It's important. As a child of God, understand we live in a wicked world. We live in a wicked world. Amen. We live in a world that just seems to be collapsing all around us. Chaos everywhere. But we do understand as a child of God, amen, that, that, that if he's with us, right, the Bible just simply says greater is he that's within us than he that's in the world. We know that we can be an overcomer, but we have to tend the vineyard. We have to tend the vineyard. We have to look at the vineyard. We have to respond. When you see something growing out of control in your life, you've got to respond to it. Amen. Because if you don't, you know, it's like, uh, you know, Sister Lyle, it's like we'll go and you'll look at the yard and she'll say, oh, man, these weeds are in there. They don't look bad. And then the next day, man, where'd that one come from? That wasn't there yesterday. Amen. Weeds can grow up, it seems like, overnight. So understand this. Also in your spiritual life, you got to really pay attention because these things can grow up in your life overnight, it seems like. And then all of a sudden you're looking at a, at a, at a, at a vineyard full of weeds that needs tending to. And you, you can't just put it off because it will overgrow everything. So the cares of life soon become what we are desperate to attain because... They can bring affluence in this world. They can bring attention from those who are around us. Look, you got to come to a place that, that you got to say as a child of God, it makes no difference what this might bring me in this world. I don't care what attention I get from somebody or the affluence I get or whatever it is. I must stay focused on my vineyard. we got to come to the place to where this guy understood in Solomon. Now, all these other vineyards that I'm taking care of, man, I have forgotten or I have stopped taking care of my own vineyard. I haven't kept my own vineyard. That's a dangerous place to be in when you get so caught up in the things of this world that you're not taking care of your own vineyard. Let me say it simply. Jobs are great. You know, you got to have them. All this other stuff is great. That's a part of your life, food, whatever it is. But never put anything above your relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the only sure thing that you and I have a hold of is Him. 
And I promise you this, he's the only one to get some things out of your life. Some things you can deal with. But I'm telling you right now, there are some things that you're going to need the power of God. Amen. Present in your life to help you extract those things out of your life that are detrimental to your spiritual walk with God. You see, the capture of these things can, can bring elements when we get a hold of them and they begin to materialize in our life. Then you've got things like pride that you've got to deal with. You've got things like ambition that you've got to deal with. And then sometimes the spirit of control comes in your life and self-gratification. That in turn, what happens, can lead us to the place where we think that we are more than that. Man, we're too cool for school. We got everything going. Amen. And soon after, the cares, the very cares of life begin to choke out the spiritual things of God. And our spiritual life begins to dwindle on the vine to the degree that sometimes we don't even recognize it. Let me go back and say it. It's the little foxes that spoil the vines. It's the young grapes, the tender grapes, that they go after and they destroy. Think about it. That little fox is cute. Huh? How many's ever seen a young fox? One time I was with my brother-in-law, and I seen a mother fox, and I believe there was five total little fox, little, little cubs, kind of trotting along behind mama. And I was no further from here to the back wall of that. And I thought that was so cute and so beautiful to watch that. And they look, it's like, it's like those things in the world. They look kind of cute. They don't look, they, they look harmless. But all of a sudden, when they get into your vineyard, they begin to wreak havoc. And you and I need to come to a place where we realize that it might not look bad, but if you entertain it and you allow it into your life, it can destroy your vineyard. And then what do we do? Then what do we do? We become discouraged. We fall out. We go through the motions. Look, nothing is worth losing your spiritual life over. Look, we say it all, we say it, say, we say it often. Let's put it that way. We got heaven to gain and hell to shun. Amen. We, we are in the day and time where the Lord's coming. We have to realize that. We don't have time to just kind of go about life as, as, we, as normal and just kind of not think about the spiritual things because when it comes to that time when the trump of God sounds, you don't have time there to go back and kind of tend your vineyard a little bit. No, you need to be working on that now. You need to deal with those things now. Amen. You need to get the, the, the prayer in now. You need to look at them and recognize them now. So the other definition of, of, of the thorns was noted as deceitfulness of riches. And Jesus noted to his disciples, he said that it, that it would be easier for a camel to go through an eye of a needle than for a rich man to make it to heaven. Now, in the, in, in the theological world, some, some say that this meant that there was a small entryway into the walls of Jerusalem. I've heard this all of my life, so that the man who had a heavy laden camel could not go through what they called the eye of 
the needle. And supposedly the camel would kneel down and, and crawl through. They would take things off and, 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 and get all the saddles and everything off of them that was attached to get them through and, and then all that kind of stuff. I'm not sure that that's been accurately documented, all right? But I believe this scripture reference could be taken literally. So let's look at it. Riches. Everybody say riches. Look at your neighbor right now and say, hey, are you rich? We probably said no. So, well, pastor, why are we talking about riches? Well, let's just talk about it. Amen. Riches that I have known in my 41 years of ministry, riches may be a blessing to some. But to the vast majority, they are a detriment toward their salvation. You say, well, Pastor, why would you say that? Well, I'm telling you, i got 41 years of experience. I've watched people go from nothing to something. And you know what? In the process, it affects them. Okay. Let me look at it this way. In giving, when people don't have a lot, they'll pay their tithes or give their offerings or whatever like that, you know, and rejoice in the Lord and all that kind of stuff. And then they make a little bit more and they're still faithful. Everything's going great. Nothing's bad. Brother Howard, they're all just kind of, hallelujah, God's blessing, all that kind of stuff. But when it jumps and jumps and jumps and their giving don't, What's happened? I'll tell you what's happened. That the riches or the money, now it's like, ooh, I can't give that much. That, ooh, man, that tide number there looks kind of high. Oh, that offering. Uh, they're just asking for building fund again. Now, I'm just using it as an illustration. Why? Because I'm here to tell you that over my time in life, I have watched, not everybody, but I have, wa I have watched because people that tend their vineyard, to God be the glory because they'll say, hey, it's God's. This is God's. I, to God be the glory. But a lot, the vast majority of people don't look at it that way. And it begins to affect their soul to where many of them are not even living for God today. It may be, riches may be a blessing to some, but to the vast majority, they're a detriment to their salvation. You know, I've always wondered because, you know, we have these lotteries that people play, right? And, and so you always, when the, the, the lottery gets up there, then on the, on the radios they begin to talk about, you know, man, what, if you, what would you do if you won the lottery? What was the last one? 1.6 billion or something like that. And, and so I'm listening to them and they're telling all these stories about people that have won the lottery down through the years. And, and, and it's almost, it seems like all the stories they got to tell is people that, that, that won these lotteries and then five years later they're broke. And I'm thinking in my head, are you crazy? But you see, it just lets me know and, 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 and re-solidifies in my head that money can't bring you happiness. Riches can't bring you love. 
You, you, it, riches, can't bring you, riches can't bring you the happiness that you may be looking for. Amen. But Jesus Christ can. But why? Because he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Amen. And as somebody said, he owns the gold in their, in, 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 in their hills. So I'm here, I'm here to tell you tonight that if, 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 if when I make it to heaven, it's going to far, far supersede anything that I could ever receive here on this earth. If you believe that tonight, clap your hands and praise it. So money can purchase you a lot of things in this life. Yes, it can. It can buy you a new fishing pole. It can buy you a bass boat. It can buy you a new truck. It can buy you a new house. You can get the most expensive clothes. Money can do a lot of things. You can, get a lot, you can do a lot of things with money. It can purchase a lot of things. But it can never purchase you peace of mind. No. It can't bring you contentment of heart. Amen. You know, they can't give you a host of spiritual virtues in your life. In fact, the mad pursuit of wealth often destroys the spiritual virtues that we so desperately need to live for God. Understand, your relationship with Jesus Christ means more than all of the world. We just came through Thanksgiving. We should have Thanksgiving in our heart every day of the year. We should thank God every day of the year. I say it. I say it. When our feet hit the floor in the morning, it, the first thing it needs to say is thank you, Jesus, for another day. When our pillow goes down, when our head goes down on the pillow at night, it needs to be thank you, Jesus, for another day. Right? Amen. When you begin to think about the things of God and what he's done for you, you need to thank God for it. You need to thank God for your health. Thank God for your, the food that you have. Thank God for the clothes you got on your back. Thank God for the car. Thank God for the, your kids and your grandkids. You need to thank God for all of that stuff. We have a lot of things to thank Him for. Most of all, I want to thank Him for being faithful. For hearing me when I pray. Somebody say praise the Lord. Money. Money may even cause us to distrust the providence of God and the way he moves in and out of our lives. How many ever had to pray and say, Lord, I don't know where the gas money is going to come from. Or Lord, I don't know where the food's going to come from. I was so happy that we had 75 or 77 that came for the Thanksgiving dinner on Thanksgiving Day. Thank God that happens because you all give to the things of God. And they were able to, you know, put this meal together. And several people were helping out with that. And, and when they called me and told me how many people came, I was so excited to hear that number. Why? Because, you know, the Hope House, some of them came. And, and we had several different people come to the meal. And that just, that warms my heart. Amen. Because, you know, you're taking, you're taking the monetary things and you're turning it into a blessing for people. Right? Amen. But you know, we can get to the place where we've got the monetary stuff, we got the money, we got, we got it all in the bank, and then all of a sudden we stop thinking we need anything, so we don't pray 
you know, we start thinking, well, I, I don't, I don't, you know, the providence of God, I'm, I'm okay right now, right? Amen. But I remember a day when people was praying for their groceries and praying for their gas and, and praying for their house payment and praying for all these things, huh? Have any of you ever prayed those kind of prayers? You just didn't know where they were going to come from, right? Amen. So you, you and I have to realize that, that no matter what's going on, you may be doing good, but still trust in the providence of God. Don't let the little foxes spoil your vine. Don't let the little weeds growing up in your vineyard uh, keep on growing. You've got to take care of them and get rid of them because, amen, it will destroy you. Money can destroy you. It's not bad. It's how we tend to it. If you become a millionaire, praise God. Pay your tithes and give in the offering. Love Jesus. Come to church. You say, why do you have to say something like that for? Well, if you're not faithful to God, what are you going to be faithful to? Right? Don't let it destroy you. God gives us money sometimes so we can do things for the kingdom of God. That, that might not sit well with everybody, but I'm just being honest tonight. Amen. Don't, don't, don't distrust the providence of God. Amen. Because there's times where when you pursue wealth, it may cause you to violate the most basic of Christian principles. Because the pursuit of money creates a vacuum of greed that gives in into vain desires, unreasonable expectations, amen, sometimes even maddening exertions of the will. The pursuit of money, everybody say the pursuit of money, also predisposes us to covetousness, which the Bible says is a sin. Keep it in its place. It's not bad. You just have to keep it in its place. Praise God. So when we look at some of these examples, it's easy, easy to see how, how the weeds can choke out the work of the Word of God in our life and the Spirit of God working in our hearts. You've got to take care of your vineyard. I don't have time, man. I'm working. I, I, yeah, no. That's one thing you need to pay attention to is your vineyard. Well, Pastor, I just got home tonight. Okay. But did you take care of your vineyard sometime today? Did you take care of your vineyard? Now, notice Robert Burns. He was a uh, famous poet. And occasionally had times of serious reflection of the state of his soul. Have you ever just kind of stopped for a moment and looked at your own soul? Look at your own life? Just kind of reassess? Kind of look where am I at? So to speak, looking in the mirror and what do you see? That kind of thing. Am I really, you know, am, I, am, I, am I who I want to be in God? Or is there some things kind of slipping? Well, he was, he, 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 at times he would do a serious reflection of the state of his soul. And here's what he recorded uh, one of those times when he compared himself to the review of his past life. And here's what he wrote. He wrote that he was like a lonely man walking amidst the ruins of a vast noble temple. 
The walls were strewn about and the pillars were cast off center. The elaborate marble floors were cracked and between the cracks and around the whole building were choking horrific weeds. He was in great alarm because he saw this as a picture of his own life. And in a very troubled state of mind, he sought out one of the popular ministers in his city. And the minister, when he told him of his dream and how troubled he was about the dream, the society minister laughed and told him not to worry with such matters. He just simply looked at him, all is well, he said. And he urged him to continue to dance at the balls and drown himself in the bowls of wine and fly from these phantoms of his soul into the arms of pleasure. It was pleasant, but fatal advice for Burns because he followed it and the lust of the other things entering into his heart choked as I'm concerned he should have went out and asked for a second opinion if you got a preacher telling you that you don't need to listen to that you need to seek out a second opinion if you've got a friend in the Lord that's talking that stuff to you you, you need to say love you man I need to find somebody that's praying right now Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, that's the truth. Thomas Brooks said this, The snow covers many a dunghill, and so doth prosperity many a rotten heart. It is easy to wade in a warm bath, and every bird can sing on a sunshiny day. He also said, you gaze on my purple robe and, gar and golden crown. But did you know what cares are under it? You would not take it up from the ground to have it. You see, sometimes we can look at the lives of people and not really see what's hidden under their face. But here's the deal. You and I, have got to take care of our vineyard, our own personal vineyard before we can ever help somebody else. Because you can get so involved in other vineyards and end up being destroyed because you haven't taken care of your own vineyard. And what would it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? What are we going to do in this day and time with what we have spiritually? Are we going to just kind of allow it to kind of slip like the sand through our fingers? Or are we going to embrace it and get a hold of the spiritual things of God? And let God put some tools in our spiritual tool shed that we can use to keep our vineyard clean. There's nothing more frustrating than going out and you need a shovel and you don't have one. You need it right then, but you got to go borrow one or you got to go find one or buy one. 
or a hoe or a, or a pickaxe or, or a, you know, what, whatever it might be. Amen. You, you, when you look and you, you see something that needs to be done, you want to go in the garage or go in the shed and you're going to find it. And sometimes you go in there only to realize that you loaned it to somebody else. How many has been there and done that? Hear me tonight as closing. I can't finish this. We'll talk about, we're going to talk about pruning next week. Understand, you've got to control the weeds. We have to control the It is a spiritual necessity. The sins of this world, the things of life, the cares of life, the things that, the, that society is throwing at us, you have to be able to deflect that. And if some of it's landing in your life, you've got to pick it up like that got to be able to begin to get it out and cultivate your soil and say this don't belong here that don't belong here we've got to get rid of this why? because it matters spiritually in your life and if we want to make it to heaven and ultimately if we want to help other people see because you, you, you understand this right now people know where you're at why? Because the people you work with and the people you're around a lot, they see those flaws in your life. That's why you've got to always be busy in your vineyard, cleaning it up and making things right with God. Let's stand together. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Let's raise our hands together all over this place. And let's just say, Lord... I need your help. I need your help with my vineyard today, Lord Jesus. Lord God, we are small, you're great. We are nothing, you are everything. I'm praying tonight, Lord Jesus, that your word would find a, 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 a resting place, good soil in our lives to be able to take root and grow. I pray, God, that you would minister to us. I pray, God, that you would help us with the cultivation in our own, our own spiritual vineyards. That, Lord God, we can, we, can, we can be where we need to be with you so that your, your spirit can move on us, convict us, can lead us, can guide us, can help us to be ready for when you come for your church. God, help us to cultivate our own soil and control the weeds in our own lives so that other folks that are looking into our vineyard will see a, a well-kept vineyard that keeps the weeds at bay. How? By reading your word, by allowing your spirit to have control in our lives the way you want it to be. I pray, God, that you would move on each and every one of us and let us really, truly evaluate our spiritual lives to the point, God, that we can see those things that are raging in our souls that are trying to get a foothold in our lives. And God, we can dispel them from our vineyard. Help us, Lord God, to walk uprightly before you. Help us to see you, God, in a way that we understand that no matter what comes in our life, it all needs to be checked out through your word.
So bless us tonight, I pray. Lead us and guide us. God, let us stay in the center of your will. Let us be effective in the kingdom. Let us be effective workers in the harvest in this last day. For the glorifying of your name, I pray, Lord Jesus, bless us tonight. In the name of Jesus, let's raise our hands one more time and just thank the Lord. Can you thank him for just a little bit? Thank him for his word. Thank him for his goodness, his mercy. Thank him for his loving kindness. Can you thank him tonight, Lord God? We thank you. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We thank you for the opportunity that we have to know you. We thank you for loving us. We thank you for caring about us. We thank you for leading us and guiding us. For truly you are the Lamb. Amen. That lights our pathway. God bless us tonight, I pray. In the name of Jesus Christ.